0: Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. morning Southern Connecticut Church of Christ. I am so excited to be able to be here with you all today uh, for so many reasons, uh, but one because Southern Connecticut is very special to me. Uh, my name is Siobhan Campbell. Me and my wife serve as ministers at the Heart Church, our sister church uh, up in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, but I'm grateful to be here uh, because we have so many relationships uh, with this church, uh, with our sister church. And uh, I think about the Jenovas. The I, I like to say there's no one like Genova. Uh, obviously, we know there's no one like Jehovah, uh, but we love the Genovas. We appreciate them. We appreciate their partnership. Uh, Pat is my guy. Uh, we just love them, especially doing youth and family with them. They're great. Uh, but then we also have so many other relationships. And specifically me, uh, two of my best friends, Jeff and Brendan, uh, they were groomsmen in my wedding, I was groomsmen in their wedding. You know, we have such a strong bond and in Southern Connecticut, I am indebted to you. Thank you so much for taking care of them. And even for me specifically, when I was a campus student and uh, we didn't have that many students, I would go down to Southern Connecticut for some encouragement and building relationships with the singles ministry as well as the campus ministry. And you guys are inspiration and uh, honestly, I'm, I'm indebted to you guys spiritually. Thank you so much for all you give. And, and because of that, I'm very honored to be here today. Now now Jeff told me that you guys have been going through Jesus, looking at Jesus in different aspects of who He is. And last week Jeff did a great job talking about the attitude of gratitude. And he talked about how Jesus healed the leopards and how the leopards called him master. And they begged for mercy and how that's something we should do. We should be grateful for the mercy that Jesus has given us. But I love the fact that they call Jesus master. Because, you know, right now it's Christmas season. If you couldn't tell from the lights and the decorations. uh, But, you know, this time and Easter is the biggest time where the whole world gets to celebrate who Jesus is. But you know, everyone during this time and their mom, they want to say, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of God, and they want to sing all the songs. But what does it actually mean for us who choose Jesus on a daily basis to make him Lord and to follow him? Not just on a seasonal basis, but to follow him for a lifetime. And today we're going to look at the story where Jesus calls himself the Good Shepherd. And we're going to look at biblically what does it actually mean to follow God. For the title of today's sermon is called One Shepherd and One Flock. And we're going to take a look at that story. So please turn your Bibles to John chapter 10. We're going to be in verse 1. John chapter 10 verse 1. John 10 1 reads, Very truly I tell you Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep's pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was trying to say. And I love this scripture because Jesus is very specifically trying to tell the Pharisees, Hey, listen, you know, the people will recognize me. You guys were strangers' voices, so they didn't follow you. But they will follow me. But he makes this crazy analogy on how he is the good shepherd, how he is the one that leads his sheep and that sheep, his sheep will recognize his voice. So the title for for the first point is called it's one voice. And and let's take a look at that, because when you think about voices, they're they're very recognizable. I actually want to play a game with us because I love voices, right? And, and there, again, you should recognize voices when you hear them. So we're going to play this game, and I want you guys to interact uh, online, at home, wherever you guys are, and just put answers in the chat as we're going, okay? So uh, I'm going to play a voice, and if you recognize the voice, just put that in the chat. All right, here's our first one. With those angel eyes. Awesome. I hope you guys recognize the voice. Do you know that is... The king himself, Elvis, not King Jesus. Uh, Elvis is who we're talking about. Okay, what about the next one? Remember those walls I built? Well, baby, they're tumbling down. Oh, yep, that's Queen B. That is Beyonce. A lot of us recognize Beyonce's voice. She has a very recognizable voice. All right, one more. Let's see if we could get this one. Close your eyes and good night. Mm-hmm. Great, and that is... Celine Dion or Celine Dion. You know what I mean? I love Celine Dion. But when you think about these voices, you can tell who they are, especially if you know their music. And, and when we think about voices, there's so many different aspects to it, like cadence, uh, like tone, like accents. I love the British accent myself. Um, but when you think about voices, if you, if you think about someone who you, who you care about deeply and you think about their voice, or when you pick up the phone and hear their voice. You know, that can be very soothing for you because you recognize who they are. They make you feel comfortable and familiar. You know, babies are very honest people. You know, if you don't want to get your feelings hurt, don't talk to a baby. But uh, a baby will run away from a stranger most of the time. But if they know you, they will embrace you, they'll run to you, I love that feeling. But one of the biggest questions to ask Is does Jesus, do we recognize Jesus' voice? Do we recognize Jesus' voice? Because that's one of the ways that we'll identify him as being one of his sheep. Is if we're following his voice. You know, there's a lot of voices that we can get in our heads. You know what I mean? There's a lot of voices that we can be familiar with. And I think about for myself, uh, I could think about my friends or my family. Or I could think about even my own emotions and my own opinions and my own thoughts. And we have all these different voices that we hear all the time telling us so many different things. And we recognize those voices, but sometimes we don't recognize Jesus's. Sometimes we'll even listen to those other voices before we'll listen to Jesus' voice. So then that makes me think, okay, so then what is Jesus's voice? You know what I mean? We live in 2020. Jesus died over 2,000 years ago and was resurrected, right? He's in heaven somewhere. How can I hear his voice today? And it's very simple. The, The Bible says in John 1 that Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. He embodies God's word. And Jesus is found all throughout the Bible. Telling us all these different stories, analogies, and illustrations on what it means to have a relationship with God. You know, so if you want to ask the questions, how can I hear Jesus' voice? It's simple. We got to read our Bibles. We have to. That's the only way that we will recognize Jesus' voice. So now we know where Jesus' voice is found. The next question is, are you listening to his voice? Are you listening to the Bible? Are you listening to the scriptures? You know, when I think about for me personally, one of the things that stops me from listening to someone is tone, right? I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with someone and all of a sudden they they start to have a rude tone. and all. You know what I mean? Your defenses come up. You're like, wait, 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 what's going on? Or you shut down. I'm very much a shut down person. So like if someone's rude, if someone's aggressive, if someone's uh, raising their voice, all of those things immediately, I'm not listening. And, you know, I think some of us can apply that to the scriptures. We can look at the scriptures and you're like, wait, Jesus, you're being real aggressive in this verse. Wait, Jesus, are you telling me that I need to give up this thing? Jesus, are you telling me that I need to stop doing this? Jesus, are you telling me that that I should stop looking at porn? You know, Jesus, are you telling me that I, I should not follow the crowd at school? Jesus, are you telling me that I should not be defensive with my wife or not be defensive with my husband? Jesus, are you telling me that I that I should wait until I find a Christian person to marry? And you're like, whoa, Jesus, you're sounding real aggressive. I don't want to listen to you. But church, that's not a reason to stop listening. To God. You know, I can hear things from multiple people, right? You can tell me something, and if I don't know you, truthfully, I'll take in consideration what you're saying, but I might dismiss it because we don't have a relationship. You know, I don't know if if what you're saying is beneficial for me or if it's tailored to me, but if I know someone's voice, if I know where their heart is coming from, if I have a relationship, if it's recognizable, I'm more likely to listen. So church, do you recognize God's voice? Are you not listening to him because you don't recognize? It's not familiar with you. You know, when I I think about talking to a close friend that I haven't talked to a while on the phone, it it fills my heart with joy. Or if uh, I think about someone who's passed and I can watch a video and I hear their voice and, and it can be difficult to listen to, but there's parts of that where it's very comforting because I recognize their voice. And I think about calling some of my best friends. And one of the things that gets me more upset than anything else is when I call someone and they're like, who is this? And I'm like, it's 2020. You got caller ID, first of all. Second of all, you should know who I am based off of my voice. You should know me well enough. And, you know, I bet God feels that same way where he feels hurt because you don't recognize his voice. He's like, I've been trying to talk to you. I've been trying to communicate with you. I've been trying to have a relationship with you, but you don't want to recognize or be familiar with my voice. And, you know, and it's a shame. It's a shame because God is amazing. His voice is incredible and his voice leads to eternal life. You know, that's what Jesus is saying, that his voice leads us into the pen and out of the pen. His, his voice leads us to heaven which is incredible. But you know, church, there's going to be one time where we actually get to hear Jesus' voice. And that's going to be on the last day, on Judgment Day. And trust me, you're going to want his voice to be familiar then. Because if it's a stranger, that means he's a stranger. And that means we're a stranger. But if we're familiar with his voice, if we know him and follow him, then we get to join him in heaven. So church, we got to read our Bibles. We got to make sure we study out God's word. That's how we know his voice, and that's the first point for today. Our second point is called one hand. And we're going to continue in verse 11 of John 10. And it reads, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf scatters the flock. Uh, Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And I love this scripture. Why? Because it's very practical. You know what I mean? If I was the, the hired hand, if I was the person that's hired to take care of some sheep and I saw a wolf come in, then that wolf is going to be full because I'm not going to die over some sheep that I just got paid for. It, it's not, it doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, it, it makes me think of, like, this the scene where there's a, there's a bank heist and there's people that come in with weapons and, and they have masks on. And it's like, hey, stick up your hands, get on the floor, all this extra stuff. And then it always seems like there's this one brave bank teller. You know, that one brave person that either tries to be superhero or try to the button to, to get the police there. And for me, it makes no sense. I'm not gonna die over minimum wage or, or, or someone else's money. It just doesn't make sense to me. And if the robber would've came to me, I would've been like, sir, how are you doing? What would you like? Here's our selection of personal boxes, you know what I mean? Which one can I open for you? Because I'm not gonna die over someone else's money. But you know, spiritually for us, it's crazy how we will give our lives to things that don't really care about us. Things that are really hired hands in our lives and not God's hands. You know, for me personally, one of the things I struggle with either in ministry and out of ministry is my job. You know, I could put my trust into my job, my security into my job, and I could be willing to give my life up for that. And that's not worth it. It's not worth it. The, 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 the equation it doesn't balance out. You know, I, I could think about giving my life up to my education, and I put all of my, my resources and energy into that, and I trust into this hired hand. I, I could put my trust into relationships. I could put my trust into, into uh, security, financial security. I could put my trust into so many other things. But end of the day, they're hired hands. and a hired hand, someone was paid to care for you. There's a monetary value attached or a personal value attached to that. And church, let's not fall into that trap. Let's not fall into that trap because it only leads to one place. And it leads to us getting abandoned when the wolf, when the hard things in life come. You know, when I was 17 years old, I left my relationship with God. Because I wanted a relationship uh, with my girlfriend, with with my ex, because I broke up with her to to follow God. And then I got back together with her and decided to push God aside. And at that time, I put my trust into hired hands. You know what I mean? And And she was a great person. You know what I mean? But it was very difficult, those three years that we were together. It was honestly very depressing because we put the weight of ourselves on each other and it didn't help anybody. We would rely on each other for emotional support and and honestly, sometimes spiritual support without even knowing it, and we could not measure up. And then when things got difficult, we broke up. You know what I mean? When I think about with the financial state of honestly the country, I think about so many people that have lost their jobs. I think about friendships that we can easily lose. I think about all of these things that can honestly disappear. But God doesn't disappear. When things get hard, that's when God shows up. You know, when we look at the book of of Matthew, chapter 26, where we look at the crucifixion of Jesus, when things got hard, he actually got stronger. When things got hard, he showed up more. When the wolf came, he actually came to fight for us. Where the world wouldn't, the world would have abandoned us. But he said, no, you can put yourself into my hands. You know, in the crucifixion, we see that Jesus was sold for our salvation, for his sheep. He was sold for 30 pieces of silver. We see that he was uh, bit, uh, beat on, abused, attacked, spit on, humiliated, flogged. He did all of that. He, he took nails on the cross for us so that we could belong to him. Because he said the the hands that you put yourself in, it's not enough, but I am enough. Church, the question is whose hands do you trust in today? Do you trust in the hands that were hired or do you trust in the hands that were pierced? Because the hands that were pierced, it says that I care for you deeper than any other person has ever done in your life. So church, I want you to look at your priorities today. I want you to look at your time. I want you to look at your life. I want you to figure out if you're trusting in the right hands right now. Are you trusting? Are you worshiping in the hands that were hired to take care of you or the ones that were pierced to take you to heaven? Our third point is called one path. One path. So we're going to look at Psalms 23. Look at Psalms 23. Uh, And this is just a When I was thinking about this idea of one path, one of the things that came to mind is the whole idea of versus GPS versus maps, right? And uh, I know some of you are like, Siobhan, stop being lazy. That's not it, I promise. Uh, Maybe it is it, actually. But uh, I I think about that, and I'm like, if someone gives me a map, you're like, Siobhan, you need to figure out what route you're going to take to get to where you need to go. I'm like, listen, I'm not trying to do all that. Give me a GPS, I could plug in the location of where I want to go and the map is made for me and all I need to do is follow Siri. Not follow Google because it's Apple all day, but uh, I want to follow Siri, right? And Siri will lead me where I need to go. And you know, when when it comes to following God, you know, one of the things that we got to put aside is, is we're not trying to figure out and use a map. We're not trying to figure out the destination by ourselves and the route ourselves. No, for us, is we need to follow Jesus. We need to follow his voice, follow uh, his hands, and go where he is leading us to go. You know, in, in Psalms 23, a lot of us know this scripture, of course, because it's very famous. Maybe you've rec- uh, had to remember this scripture or memorize this scripture. Uh, but we're going to read it today. Psalms 23, verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love would follow me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I love this scripture too. I feel like I say that about every scripture, but I do. So when I'm looking at Psalms 23, it's very interesting. There's there's so much that you could pick apart in, the, in these couple of verses. Honestly, they could be a series made out of this. But one of the things that I was looking at is the sheep don't do much. It's actually pretty awesome. It's pretty cool that the sheep doesn't do much. The shepherd is so amazing because they have so many responsibilities. And let's break this down. You know, and here's a, here's a freebie. I love that it says the, pet, the, the, the shepherd leads us to food. You know, he leads us to green pastures. And sometimes he leads us through dark valleys. And this is just a side note, but sometimes we're going to go through dark valleys. You know, 2020 has felt some ways like a dark valley. You know, but it it doesn't end this way. It's not all about this time period. We're going to get through this. And we're going to see green pastures again. And ultimately, we get to see the greenest pastures that is heaven. But for us, we still got to follow Jesus, no matter what valley or hill that we're going through. You know, we still have to follow God. But one of the things that the shepherd does, he leads us to food, but then he looks out for us. He actually looks out for us and warns us for danger that's coming ahead. You know, his staff and his rod is used for protecting us. I love this concept. You know, he actually looks to make sure that there's no, there's no bugs on us, there's nothing that, no grass that we shouldn't be eating or something that's poisonous. The shepherd protects us in so many different ways and protects us from the wolves, which we just talked about earlier. But then the shepherd also gives us medical treatment. If something happens to the sheep, the shepherd is the one that takes care of it and bandages it and helps it heal and slows down walking to make sure that his sheep are good. You know, the shepherd is also responsible for shearing and shaving the animal. Because if the, if the wool gets too heavy, then it actually slows the sheep down. It can even get them sick. And you know, I love these things, too, because what does this mean for us spiritually? I think the biggest thing is we need to stop trying to take care of ourselves. We can't be the shepherds in our life. There's only one shepherd and there's only one path and we need to follow it. And you know, you've tried to create your own path before and it was heavy. You tried to walk on with all the wool and baggage that you've had in your life. You know, you've carried those relationships. You carried those sin that you've had in your life. You tried to do it your own way. We walk around with our emotions and all these different things that can weigh us down. And Jesus is like, No, let me shear you. Let me shave off those things. He says, My burden is light. Come take on my burden. But, church, that means we have to get rid of our burden, we have to be willing to get sheared by Jesus. That's, how we're, that's what we need to do if we're following His one path. Are you willing to get sheared? Are you willing to shave off the things in your life that, that, that have been hurting you? Are you willing to get rid of those things? Because that's what it means to follow God on His one path. You know, the other thing I think about is medical treatment. And I don't know about you, but I love self-treatment. I love to, to relax and uh, veg out on Netflix uh, I love uh, to chill out, eat some food, you know what I mean? I, and one of the things that, that could get me in trouble, and I think it could get us in trouble, is that we try to medicate ourselves. And honestly, it ends up hurting us. We try to medicate ourselves with impurity. We try to uh, honestly detach ourselves from our emotions. We, we try to feed our emotions in different ways. And we try to take care of ourselves and fix ourselves ourselves. But church, you're not qualified to fix yourself. As a sheep, it's not your responsibility to fix yourself. That responsibility belongs to the shepherd. And if we're following his path, he is the one that provides medical treatment. He is the one that helps you get well. And you know, I think for a lot of us, we try to get well ourselves and overcome sin and all these different things by ourselves. But again, it's not our responsibility. It's our responsibility with Jesus and through Jesus. You know, these are just two things that I wanted to look at. But all of it is saying if we're following his one path, you cannot follow your own and you cannot make your own. And you can't go do your own thing trying to be this solo Christian. No, we follow the flock. We're not just following Jesus. It's not just us and him. This is not just one shepherd and a one sheep party. No, we follow the body. We follow the flock and we are a family church. You know, the scripture ends out in verse 14. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as my father knows me and I know my father and I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in this sheep pen. I must bring them also. And I love this. Jesus was talking about the Gentiles and bringing the gospel to everyone. But Jesus is really saying for us today is that there are other people out there that are trying to get in this pen. You know, when we're following God's one path, people will join us. And, you know, maybe you're trying to figure out how to get into this pen today. It's very simple. We got to recognize Jesus's voice and study out his word. That's why we do Bible studies and if you're interested in the Bible study, please contact the church. We will set that up for you because we want you to know Jesus's voice. But then we got to trust in his hands and not the hired hands. Put our trust in the pierced hands. And then lastly, we got to follow him. That's how we get into Jesus's pen. That's how we get to be part of his one flock. And if you're struggling in your faith, guess what? The instructions are the same thing. It's to know God's word. It's to follow and trust him and it's to make sure you're following his one path. And then if you're doing great in your faith and and you're you're on fire for God, guess what you got to do? You got to know God's word and keep knowing God's word. You got to trust in his hands and you got to follow his one direction, his one path. You know, the last sentence says, they too will know my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Church, I pray to see you and the rest of our flock in heaven. I'm so grateful that you gave me the honor to preach to you guys today. I love you, Southern Connecticut, and I pray that you guys have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.